Okay, friends, we're going to uh, go ahead and get started. Let's have a word of prayer. Uh, Father, we're uh, glad that we are able to be together. We thank you that we can enjoy one another and enjoy you. And uh, as this is the case, we uh, rejoice uh, because you have uh, put that joy in our hearts that we might uh, laugh with one another and uh, uh, laugh about uh, various circumstances in life and understand that you're in control of all things and that you're good to us in every respect. And so we praise you that this is the case. And as we continue to uh, talk about this uh, matter of worship, uh, we pray that you'd be pleased to uh, bless us. And uh, as we come to, uh, in this class, a discussion of the 150th Psalm, uh, we pray that you'll open our hearts and give us understanding that we might uh, better serve you and uh, uh, do so by uh, better understanding your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, as I uh, said to uh, uh, Richard uh, before the class began, we're entering into a, a less controversial area this morning, uh, Psalm 150. All the, all the laughter uh, previously. <laughs> At any rate, uh, th- this is our topic this morning, Psalm 150. And uh, a little review in order to get here is in order. And that is, two weeks ago, uh, we spent time talking about uh, uh, the instruments uh, that are used in the uh, Old Testament temple. And, and I want to review this a, l- a little bit in just a moment, but the trumpets, the harps, lyres, and cymbals. We, re- we reviewed uh, the symbolism of uh, these instruments and uh, their typological significance. That is, they are types of things to come. And uh, because there are types of things to come, this is one reason uh, traditionally in uh, the Christian church, this is a position, uh, the traditional position, uh, they are not utilized in uh, uh, the worship of the New Testament church. They were utilized in the worship of the Old Testament church, uh, but uh, because uh, they pass away uh, with the uh, termination of the uh, sacrifices, they... Uh, traditionally, I say, are no longer used in uh, New Testament worship. Uh, so we we covered that ground, and so that's in part in the background here. And uh, last week I uh, drew a distinction between the uh, regular stated uh, temple worship uh, of the Old Testament church on one hand, uh, which is Uh, ordained by God and governed by God, and uh, what I characterize as culturally conditioned celebrations. And there are a number of these types of celebrations in the Old Testament. Uh, And I drew uh, that distinction. And so uh, uh, this distinction is also in the background as far as uh, our discussion this morning uh, relating to Psalm 150. So, uh, the next step is, uh, with that uh, uh, little review of where we've been, uh, I want to just quickly go over these texts and remind you uh, of the uh, uh, instruments. First of all, 
uh, in the regular stated worship of the temple. And uh, the first text is Numbers 10.1. So uh, you can either look or you can follow along. Uh, It's Numbers 10.1. Actually, Numbers 10.1 and 2. Uh, The Lord spoke further to Moses, saying, Make for yourself two trumpets of silver. Of hammered work you shall make them, and you shall use them for summoning the congregation and for having the camps uh, set out. Uh, So two silver trumpets were uh, ordained by God for use uh, by the uh, Old Testament people uh, of God, and uh, they were blown by uh, the priests. This this was part of the function of the priests. And they were for announcements. And in verse 10, it says, Also in the day of your gladness and in your appointed feasts, and on the first day of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, and they shall be for a reminder to you before God, I am the Lord. Uh, so th- these were also announcements that were made, uh, blown over the sacrifice, and this was their function in the in the Old Testament uh, temple. All right, the tabernacle and, and uh, then the temple, and uh, they were ordained by God. Uh, so the uh, the trumpets, and then harps, lyres, and cymbals. Second Chronicles twenty nine. Just a quick review on the, on these things. Second uh, Chronicles twenty nine. Second Chronicles 29 and 25 and 26. Uh, this is Hezekiah and uh, his revival of true worship of God uh, after there had been a, a falling away and Hezekiah is uh, renewing the uh, worship of God. He then stationed the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with harps and lyres, according to the command of David and of Gad, the king's seer, and of Nathan the prophet, for the command was from the Lord through the prophets. Okay, So, harps and lyres and cymbals were ordained by God. All right, This is, this is one of the things I'm just pointing out to you again. Uh, for worship in the Old Testament economy. And uh, the, the cymbals uh, were uh, uh, not accomp- uh, instruments of accompaniment. The trumpets were not instruments of accompaniment. Uh, the, the symbols were clashed at the beginning of uh, the offering of the bird offering, morning and evening, uh, and uh, 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 more as a signal uh, that the uh, offering was begun. And this was the idea of the trumpets also to make this announcement. And harps and lyres were uh, instruments of accompaniment. All right. Uh, so these are. Uh, I'm just. Emphasizing the fact, these are the instruments of the Old Testament economy for the temple worship. All right, so far so good. Uh, one other uh, text here, Second uh, uh, Chronicles seven six. Just backing up in Chronicles to Second Chronicles seven uh, six. And and the idea here is. Uh, to uh, show you that uh, these instruments, the trumpets, the harps, lyres, and cymbals, uh, the trumpets were ordained by God. Harps, lyres, and cymbals were also ordained by God, and they were specially made for the worship in the temple. They, uh, in other words, David didn't go down to the local harp shop and uh, buy harps. 
All right. <laughs> uh, this is not what happened. Okay. Second uh, Chronicles seven six. The priests stood at their posts, and the Levites also, with the instruments of music to the Lord, which King David had made. All right. See, which King David had made for giving praise to the Lord. Okay. Uh, so these are the harps, lyres, and cymbals. Just pointing that out to you that uh, they were specially made uh, for uh, the temple worship. Okay, now uh, turning to these uh, culturally conditioned uh, celebrations and uh, refreshing our memories there. Uh, Genesis chapter 31 and verse 27. Uh, Genesis chapter 31 and uh, verse uh, 27. And uh, here, here is Laban upbraiding Jacob a little bit uh, because he, uh, he he goes off, he secretly goes off with Laban's daughter. No wedding reception. Not good. Uh, so, uh, Laban says, Why did you flee secretly and deceive me and did not let... Uh, uh, tell me so that I might send you away with joy and with timbrel and with lyre. Okay? So uh, here, here would be a wedding reception. Alright? And uh, ju- just the idea that, uh, yes, lyres were used, but they, they were, these are the ones that are, they go down to the local harp shop and uh, purchase. Alright? And, uh, but, but they have a celebration and, uh, uh, with joy and with songs, with timbrel and dancing, with the tambourine, all right? Uh, and uh, th- this is uh, how the uh, culture would uh, have a celebration, just like we would have a 4th of July celebration, something like that. Uh, all right, Isaiah 5.12, similar uh, kind of circumstance. Uh, Isaiah... And uh, this this is clearly uh, a circumstance where uh, Isaiah is, is speaking about the wicked, all right? And uh, he says they're banquets, all right? Uh, a celebration, uh, the banquets of the wicked. You get together, have a drinking party. Would be the idea. Uh, their banquets are accompanied with lyre and harp, uh, by tambourines and flute, and by wine. But they do not pay attention to the deeds of the Lord, uh, nor do they consider the work of His hands. Right. Uh, so here, here's a, a a secular. This is what I would call a secular celebration. You break out the instruments. You break out some drink. Uh, you have some song, and you have a great time. This is the idea, all right? And uh, uh, these types of celebrations uh, can include uh, elements that we would normally consider uh, elements of worship. And an example of this is uh, Exodus 20 and uh, the celebration at the uh, shore of the Red Sea after... Uh, God delivered the people from uh, 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 bondage in Egypt. Right? The people came over, and, and uh, now we now we have a celebration. 
Uh, okay, get the right place here. Exodus 15. Uh, let's read verses 19 and 20. For, uh, for uh, the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea uh, on them. Uh, but the sons of Israel walked on a dry land through the midst of the sea. Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with dance Timbrels and dancing, Miriam answered, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, his horse and his rider he has hurled into the sea. Uh, so here's a celebration after the people of Israel uh, are delivered from uh, Egypt. And uh, the, the celebration smacks of the culture. This, is, this was my point last week. All right? it has, it's a culturally, what I call a culturally conditioned celebration. And uh, that's fine. It's all right. The, the, the people of old did this, and, and uh, we do this sort of thing too. Uh, wedding receptions are, are a good example of this sort of thing. Uh, there are influences uh, of the culture on weddings and wedding uh, receptions, uh, uh, but there are also uh, biblical uh, portions, prayers and songs and, and uh, these sort of things that we might uh, put together. Uh, you see. Uh, so, uh, just drawing this distinction, which I think uh, is important. So, uh, now to the handout. Alright? Now to the handout. Uh, Psalm 150 and the use of instruments in the Old Testament. So, uh, number one. Uh, God's ancient people used certain psalms on, reg on a regular basis in their worship. And uh, uh, to me, this is pretty striking uh, that uh, certain psalms were used on certain occasions. And uh, here I'm, I'm quoting from or uh, leaning on uh, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And uh, a part of what's significant uh, about the Greek translation of the Old Testament or the Septuagint uh, is that uh, it's very likely uh, that the Greek translation of the Old Testament is based upon Hebrew manuscripts that are a thousand years older than uh, the Hebrew manuscripts uh, that uh, the traditional uh, Hebrew Old Testament uh, uses that's given to us, all right? Uh, so, uh, uh, th there is some significance here because of uh, the dates that are uh, involved. Uh, and uh, so, uh, God's ancient people use certain psalms on a regular basis in their worship. Psalm 92.1 is, is for the Sabbath day. And uh, if you look in your Bibles, this is the case. It's, it's uh, given in your version, uh, your English version. It's a psalm for the Sabbath day. These others are notations that come out of the uh, Greek version uh, of the Old Testament. 24.1 uh, was used on the first day of the week. 48.1 was used on the second day of the week. 82.1 was used on the third day of the week. 94.1 uh, was used on the fourth day of the week. 81.1 uh, uh, the fifth day of the week. 93.1 the sixth day of the week. Uh, so, so this would have been in conjunction with the uh, uh, offerings in the temple that these... Uh, uh, psalms were utilized. Uh, 
the people also sang uh, certain sets of psalms on various occasions. See, I'm, I'm emphasizing this idea. Uh, Psalm 113 through 118, the Egyptian Hallel, commemorating uh, during the Passover and commemorating the, uh, uh, the Exodus. Uh, Psalms 120 through 134, Psalms of Ascent, uh, sung by the people, and this is a, a traditional understanding of, of these psalms, sung by the people as they uh, traveled uh, to Jerusalem for various feasts. They ascended. You always go up to Jerusalem. Geographically, it might be uh, actually lower. <laughs> or you might go south to Jerusalem, but you always go up to Jerusalem. So... Uh, uh, Psalms 146 to 150, the great Hallel at the end of uh, uh, the Psalter. Uh, let's see. Uh, Psalms 135 and 136 are also Sabbath Psalms. We use the Psalms similarly. Psalm 150 has a similar, you see, uh, occasional emphasis. Uh, and I hope you pick up on this. In other words, it refers to different occasions. Okay. And uh, uh, this, this is what I mean by it's having an occasional uh, emphasis. That uh, the psalm refers to different occasions. Now, now you see this as we, as we move ahead. See, now this is why I'm, I'm drawing this st distinction on one hand between the trumpets, harps, uh, lyres, and cymbals as instruments used in the regular stated worship of the temple see, that we just ta talked about. That's one occasion uh, on which uh, or in which or during which certain instruments are utilized. Okay? And uh, the timbrel, the tambourine, uh, other stringed instruments, the flute characterize celebrations uh, the biblical, uh, of the biblical culture and may have been mixed with prayers and songs of praise. Uh, that uh, the timbrel, uh, the flute, and uh, the harp sometimes uh, uh, characterizing uh, different occasions, uh, the occasions of secular uh, celebrations. Okay. So you have two different types uh, of occasions. The worship of God in the temple, which is uh, given by God and regulated by God. And uh, you have uh, celebrations that occur in the culture. Let's have a party. Okay. And... Uh, they are influenced by the culture, and they're not—they're not regulated by God. Uh, so you have uh, these two different things that are going on, and uh, instruments are uh, utilized within uh, uh, these two different uh, frameworks, I'll say, or uh, on uh, with regard to these different occasions. Uh, this is this is what I'm getting at. So now. Uh, I go to uh, Psalm 150. You're all poets, but you do not realize it. I didn't say that quite right, did I? Okay. You may know it. <laughs> You're all poets. Uh, 
Psalm 150, praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty expanse. Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with harps and lyre. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with stringed instruments and pipe. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, now, if you're astute... And I know that you're astute. As I observe you, I, I can observe the fact that you are a group of astute students. And uh, in fact, this is one, one thing I appreciate about uh, our congregation, that uh, our congregation loves the Word of God and loves to hear the Word of God and loves to study the Word of God. And uh, when you're in a position like I am, uh, often to teach and to preach, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. So praise God that this is the case. All right. Uh, so now, uh, the structure of the psalm. Notice that the psalm begins and ends with the same phrase. Praise the Lord. Okay. At the beginning and the end. Uh, literarily, this is called an inclusio. All right. An inclusion, or more commonly, bookends. Right. There are bookends on the psalm. And uh, the bookends are the simple phrase, praise the Lord. Okay. And so in between these bookends, certain things are taking place. <clears throat> uh, the, the, uh, the first uh, thing that you come to after praise the Lord is praise God in His sanctuary. Okay. Now, the word sanctuary refers here to the temple. This is what the word sanctuary refers to. Uh, so, uh, the idea here is when uh, the people come together uh, morning and evening for the morning and evening sacrifices, uh, praise to God is to be given. And uh, you may recall, those of you who were, were here at the time when we talked about worship in the temple, uh, that the Levitical choirs stood before the altar of burnt offering facing uh, the temple proper, uh, the holy place and the most holy place. And when uh, the high priest gave the signal, the trumpet sounded and the cymbals clashed and the sacrifice began and the choir, the Levitical choir, began to sing. Okay? And the harps accompanied the Levitical choir, and uh, this is what it. This is what's being referred to in at uh, the beginning of the psalm. Uh, praise God in His sanctuary. Right. This is the historical context uh, of that statement, and then accompanying that statement, in parallel to that statement, is uh, the broader statement: Praise Him in His mighty expanse. Now, you can look at it this way. The expanse is the expanse of heaven. And you go out and you look into the expanse of heaven. And no matter where you go, you're enveloped in this world by the expanse of heaven. And so no matter what you do, or where you go, 
You are under the expanse of heaven and in every circumstance in or under the expanse of heaven you are to give praise to God. Now we understand this from a New Testament perspective, do we not? On the Lord's Day when you come together for worship, morning and evening we're called together to give praise to God. And then on every other occasion when we are, you are out in the world, uh, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, you are to give glory to God. This is the idea. All right. And so uh, uh, there, there's a bracket here, as it were, uh, in the first uh, part of the psalm. And I'm, I'm saying this is uh, the idea of when you're to praise the Lord. And the, the question is then when? Okay? Whenever you're in regular worship, stated worship, or uh, in any other circumstance under heaven, you are to give praise to God. Okay? This would be the idea. And then uh, the next piece of the psalm uh, answers the question, why? Praise Him for His mighty deeds. Why would you give praise to God? You would give praise to God for all of the great things He has done, including the great thing of, uh, from the Old Testament perspective, of promising to send the Savior, and then from the New Testament perspective, sending the Savior to bring about a great salvation for His people. And those of us who have experienced His salvation and have understood His mighty deeds in the work of Jesus Christ have good reason to give praise to the great God of heaven. And then, with all the good and wonderful providential dealings uh, uh, with us uh, in this world, uh, we have reason to give praise to God. Uh, Already, uh, I cannot tell you the number of times... uh, uh, Well, I'll back up a little bit. uh, That uh, when we uh, were called to go to Pittsburgh to... Uh, labor at the seminary, Irma and I would be in the car going someplace and we'd look at each other and say, the Lord's got us in Pittsburgh. Whoa, what's up with that? <laughs> and it was, it was a very good providence. And uh, now uh, we're in Indianapolis, Indiana. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. It's a very good providence. And I can't tell you the number of times we've looked at each other and we've said that, you know. Well, we're in Indianapolis. Wow. <laughs> what has God up to? Well, in part, we're still trying to figure that out. But, <laughs> but God is good. And so, we thank Him for His mighty deeds. And then, praise Him according to His excellent greatness for what He has done and for who He is. He's the great God of heaven. And we, we can just, you know, we can just relax in the hands of the great God of heaven and give Him praise for His excellent greatness. And there is no, uh, 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 nothing or no one who is greater. And the best possible place to be is in the hands of God. So we can say, thank you, Lord. So, uh, 
When do we praise Him? In, in regular worship and in all other occasions. And why do we praise Him? For His mighty deeds and uh, uh, for who He is, uh, for His excellent greatness. Now, uh, the next piece of the psalm is the tougher part. And uh, you would uh, automatically, this is how we think, and uh, I'm not disparaging that, I'm, I'm just pointing it out. This is how we normally uh, think. Uh, you would uh, normally think now uh, that the next piece of the psalm would be how we worship. Say there. This is how we normally read the psalm. Uh, uh, but uh, we must remember that we're dealing with Hebrew parallelisms, Hebrew thought. And uh, uh, the Hebrews didn't uh, think the way we think. Uh, in other words, uh, we're used to thinking linear in a linear way. Uh, a, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, etc., etc. Uh, but, but the Hebrews thought in, in parallel patterns. And uh, uh, this is reflected in many ways uh, in the Psalms especially. And I think, this is my interpretation of the psalm, that we're back to the idea of when we worship. Not how we worship, but when we worship. Now, why do I say that? Uh, uh, the next two lines. Praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with harp and lyre. What instruments are being mentioned here? Trumpet. Harp and lyre. Instruments of the temple, right? Instruments involved in the regular stated worship of the temple. And you notice how they're packed together. Uh, praise Him with trumpet sound. Praise Him with harp and lyre. And this is what literally what would happen. This is the way it would work in the Old Testament economy. That when the, uh, the priest officiating over the sacrifice gave the signal, the trumpet would sound announcing the sacrifice. And, uh, as I said, uh, the symbol would clash, uh, again, announcing the sacrifice, and the choir would begin to sing, and uh, the harps and lyres would accompany the choir. Uh, the Levitical choir would be standing in front of the uh, altar of burnt offering in the court of the temple uh, facing the uh, holy place. And behind the holy place, of course, the most holy place. This would be the idea. Now, outside of uh, the court of the temple... Uh, uh, that inner court of the temple where the Levitical choir was, the people could gather. Okay? And when they heard the trumpet sound and they heard the harps beginning to sing, they would know the choir was ready to sing and with the sound of the trumpet and with the sound of the harps, they uh, were privileged to stand outside of the temple court and join in singing the psalms. So, 
when they heard the trumpet and when they heard the harps, with that sound of the harps, they would join in the singing. You see how the prepositions being used there? It's not being used as a, a, a instrument as a preposition of instrumentality. That's not the idea. But it's a preposition that's being used of, a, of accompanying that along with the trumpets they would sing. That would be the idea. And so, when they heard the trumpets in the temple, and they were gathered in the temple court, praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Okay? You follow me? You see what I'm saying here? Uh, praise Him uh, with the harp and the lyre. It's not that they should grab their harps and lyres and start singing. No, that wouldn't have been appropriate in the Old Testament economy. <laughs> you see. It's when they heard these things, then they would join in the singing that was going on in the temple. Okay? And so, uh, this is when again. You're back to the idea of when. Praise Him when you gather together for your regular worship. Now, uh, admittedly, see, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're so tied up like a Gordian knot uh, uh, with the idea of instrumentality uh, in the use of these prepositions, especially in Psalm 150, that we can hardly rip ourselves away from that idea. And uh, so, uh, th this is why I'm, I'm presenting it to you. And uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'm not presenting it with a sledgehammer, uh, uh, but, but uh, ho hopefully uh, with some charity. Uh, but, but this is the idea, <laughs> you see, uh, from the Old Testament perspective. Uh, this is what I'm trying to, to get across. And so, if you have this perspective, and uh, th this is the hard part, if you have this perspective then you realize that the mention of uh, uh, trumpets and harps and lyres in Psalm 150 is not an argumentation for the use of musical instruments in the worship of God in the New Testament. Okay? Follow me? Alright. All right. Picking away at it. Picking away at it. Alright. Uh, so now... Uh, uh, here, here we have again this idea of parallelism. Uh, you see, uh, the, the, uh, the fifth and sixth lines uh, that I have uh, behind the bracket of when uh, is again uh, a reference to the uh, instruments that are utilized in the temple. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with resounding symbols. Now, uh, you see, again, uh, these symbols are not uh, symbols that are utilized uh, in the Old Testament as uh, we use them in uh, modern uh, marching bands. You know, to keep, to keep the cadence. That's not how they were used. Uh, they were clashed, or it might have been a, a, a big symbol that would have been a gong that was struck uh, to signal the beginning of the sacrifice. So it, it too was a signal. It was not 
an instrument of accompaniment. Plain and simple. And uh, so, uh, for the ancient Israelites to uh, break out their cymbals in the temple and start clashing their cymbals and keeping time with, with the song would have been contrary to the law of God in the Old Testament economy. See, that's not how they were used. They were a signal. And when the people heard the signal with uh, the announcement provided by the clashing of the, of the cymbals, the people would sing. All right? Now, that's the idea. Okay? Now, uh, I, I'll use a little uh, terminology that I often used uh, in class. Uh, Irma and I were in Lafayette uh, last night, and we uh, sat across the table from uh, Keith Evans and his wife, and... Uh, uh, Keith reminded me of the fact that I often said uh, in class, I'm not trying to trick you. <laughs> I'm not trying to trick you. And uh, this is true. I'm, I'm not trying to trick you uh, into believing something that's not there. Uh, th this is not my objective. Uh, uh, I'm earnestly desirous of following what the Word of God says. And uh, this is how I understand it. Uh, the psalm in the Old Testament economy. And so, the use of the symbols is not an argument for the use of musical instruments in New Testament worship. Okay? All right, now, uh, the middle uh, of this section when? Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Right. See, now, now we're back. Uh, to this idea, uh, culturally conditioned celebrations. See, timbrels and dancing, or tambourines and dancing, were part of uh, the celebrations uh, that were often carried out in the culture and carried over uh, often uh, uh, with the people of God if they had a wedding reception or, or as Miriam uh, led the celebration at the edge of the Red Sea. Okay, It was that kind of a celebration. She Break out the tambourines, let's dance, let's have a party, let's praise the Lord. Okay, Perfectly acceptable. Okay, But quite different than the stated worship in the temple. Okay? There are lots of things that, that uh, uh, we do in uh, parties and celebrations that we would never think about doing uh, in the regular worship services of God. Let me give you a little example of, uh, of how this works. Uh, I've often been said, well, I have gifts, and so I ought to be privileged to utilize my gifts, God-given gifts, in the worship of God in uh, the worship service. And my response is, I've got a gift too. I can throw a mean fastball, let me tell you. And I would like to put home plate right down there in front of the pulpit and stand at the back of the auditorium and throw a few fastballs in morning work. That would be a utilization of my gift. I think that would be a little inappropriate. Just a tad <laughs> inappropriate. So just, just because we have certain gifts doesn't mean that, that they're to be utilized in public worship. Okay? Now, celebrations are different, okay? Birthday parties are different. 
and this sort of thing. So, uh, praise Him with timbrel and dancing, praise Him with stringed instruments and pipe. Uh, and the idea here, or with flute. These are, again, instruments that would be utilized in the secular type celebration or the culturally influenced celebration. And we are exhorted to praise God in birthday parties and anniversary celebrations and uh, these kinds of things. We are exhorted to praise God uh, under in these circumstances, on these occasions. And I think, you see, this is what Psalm 150 is getting at. All right? uh, and then, uh, finally, uh, we have, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And uh, so, uh, th- this means that everything, uh, every human being under heaven is to give praise to God, uh, both in uh, regular worship on the Lord's Day and on other occasions when we gather. And I think this is the uh, implication of Psalm 150. So, So this would be my argumentation with regard to Psalm 150. Now, you have to understand a little bit of biblical background to get there, admittedly. Uh, you, you have to have a, a little bit of, of uh, biblical knowledge and biblical understanding and uh, a little bit of theological uh, understanding uh, to get there. Uh, but uh, I think none of us are above this sort of thing, and uh, it's incumbent upon us to uh, understand uh, what the Bible is actually saying. And so, uh, my response to those who uh, say, well, obviously Psalm 150 commands us to uh, use musical instruments in worship, my response is, "Hmm? maybe not. Maybe not. Let's look at it. Let's look at it and see if it's actually a command for us to use musical instruments in worship. I think not. And uh, so... Uh, I I give you this argument. Uh, All right. Here's the scoop. Now, uh, next week and uh, the week to follow, uh, I'm just going to open the floor uh, to you uh, for questions. What questions do you have with regard to worship? And uh, so think about your questions and uh, uh, be prepared to bring them. And uh, I'll cower behind the whiteboard uh, a little bit. Uh, I'll do my best to uh, answer your questions and address your questions. And uh, as we've gone through several of these classes, I haven't uh, really given you much time uh, to answer questions. So in these next two weeks, I, I want to uh, do that. All right? And I've, I've already... Uh, heard a couple of questions uh, that uh, have been given to me uh, as we've uh, gone through our, our session. So, uh, that's all right. You're, you're up for that? Okay, a couple of nods. All right. Boy, are we enthusiastic. <laughs> all right. 
Uh, I really appreciate you folks. I really do. Uh, Let's have a word of prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you that you're good to us in every respect. Uh, We pray that you'd bless us now as we uh, do go into our uh, time of morning worship. Uh, We ask, Father, that uh, we would uh, be those who uh, worship you in a truly spiritual way and truly spiritual manner. Uh, So be pleased to bless us to this end and give us your grace, we ask. In the good name of Jesus Christ, who is the Lord, amen.